Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk with a Doc, the show where we bring your questions to Providence medical experts for insight and information. Remember, everyone, all of our questions come from you, our listeners, via social media. We can be found on Twitter at Providence and on Facebook under Providence Health System. Use the hashtag Talk with a Doc, that's hashtag Talk with a Doc, for a chance to hear your questions on our episodes. Well, here with me today is Dr. J.C. Zagara, a chiropractic physician with Providence in Newport Beach in Irvine, California. And today we're answering your questions about chiropractic care in relation to your overall health and wellness. So let's get started by welcoming Dr. Zagara to the show. J.C., tell me a little bit about yourself and your role within Providence. Well, thank you for having me, Mary. And uh, so I'm a chiropractor. I've been with the uh, organization since 2017 as part of the St. Joseph uh, team with the wellness corners back in the day. It recently transitioned to Providence, as you all know. Um, and I work in both the express care side, and that's a Newport Beach office, and I also work in the employer side in Irvine at uh, Edwards Life Science. And as part of a multidisciplinary team, we have primary care, we have uh, acupuncture, we have physical therapy, we have naturopathic medicine. So it's an all integrative team over here. And how did you get into this line of work? All right. Do you have a little bit of time? <laughs> so yeah. So I grew up. I grew up in Puerto Rico, and I grew up in a medical family. My dad. My dad's a hand surgeon. My mom was a lab tech. So very scientific sort of family. And uh, I always knew I wanted to go into healthcare, and I always thought I was just going to take care of uh, my dad, his patients when he retired, sort of thing. Um, you know, I grew up going to surgeries with him and all that. So I always that was my line of work like in my head growing up. And uh, I played sports my whole life. I eventually ended up going to California, Santa Barbara to play volleyball. And I played a little bit of professional volleyball back in Puerto Rico. So during my career, I injured my back and I injured my back pretty badly where I was on the ground in the middle of practice and I couldn't get up and they had to carry me out. And long story short, I started going through the traditional methods of treatment, physical therapy, orthopedic injections and whatnot. You know, I had a pretty bad herniation in my back and I got better and I got a lot better where I was fairly pain-free, but I wasn't good enough to play again. Obviously as an athlete, that, that was my goal. Um, so I was introduced to a chiropractor at the time. I was super hesitant. I was super skeptical because I don't know what it was, but I went because I wanted to play. And he sort of got me over the hump and I was able to play again. So I started asking questions and I don't think it was the chiropractic. I think it was just the combination of the whole treatment, which is why I believe in the whole multidisciplinary approach to care. Um, but he did kind of get me over the hump and I started asking questions. What do you guys do? Uh, what, are, what are the schools? I started literally going from chiropractor to chiropractor, like knocking on doors and interviewing them. And I decided to go to chiropractic school. So I was very scared to tell my father, <laughs> but uh, he was all for it. He was very supportive and ended up going to school in Chicago. So that's how I became a chiropractor. That's amazing. I like, I like the personal story. I always feel like if people have a personal connection to why they entered a specific field, it, it makes a difference in how they practice. So I, I love hearing those stories. Yeah. And you, I feel like chiropractic, I feel like chiropractic, there's either a personal story attached to why you became to it or you either, or you just grew up with it. Kind of like your father yeah. was a chiropractor, your grandfather was a chiropractor. So it's pretty common. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, you mentioned kind of that you got into it through a sport injury, but I know that you also do treat a lot of, of sports injuries and, and athletes. Talk to me a little bit about why chiropractic is important to kind of that everyday athlete. So I started off with your pretty standard chiropractic care practice. I was like, my first practice was in North Carolina. And we were dealing with your regular average population. And I got really frustrated pretty quick with compliance. And I don't know if most, I think we live in a generation where a lot of people are looking for the quick fix and the quick pill. And, and you know, I would set up a treatment plan or an exercise protocol and you see him in a week later, two weeks later, and there was no results and you ask him and yeah, I haven't done anything. So I quickly transitioned into sports chiropractic because athletes, if they can't play, they get really frustrated and especially professional athletes, they can't make money. So compliant was a big deal. And, and that's, that's basically how I got into the sports realm of chiropractic. And it's important because as an athlete, we always say sport is sport. Sport is not health, right? If I'm a right-handed baseball player, I'm always swinging right-handed. If I'm a tennis player, I'm swinging a particular way so many times. So, you're beating yourself up basically, right? You're practicing two, three or four hours a day, plus you're hitting the weights and you're doing sprint work or whatever it is. So chiropractic is gonna help them mitigate some of those imbalances they're creating through their sport. What are the most kind of common types of injuries or, or pains that you see from both athletes and non-athletes? Uh, so let's see, during the current situation right now, we got a lot of people working from home, uh, working in their kitchen tables, working on their couches. So we are starting to see a bunch of neck pain and just headaches and just aches and pains that are coming because of that. Um, I, thought, I think there's also been a lack of uh, just being active basically. So too much sedentarism and, and, and just laying around too much. So in the general population, that's what we've been seeing a lot of. Um, in terms of the athletes, we see a lot of knee injuries, a lot of hip injuries, a lot of shoulder injuries. It just depends a lot on the sport we're dealing with. So like hockey players, you see a lot of like uh, hip injuries, right? A lot of groin, a lot of hip. If it's like volleyball and baseball, we see a lot of pitcher baseball. So we see a lot of shoulder injuries. Um, football is a lot of knees, ankles. So basketball is a lot of ankles. Volleyball is a lot of ankles. So we see a variety. Well, you, you just kind of hit on one of the areas we wanted to talk about is that people are working from home. They are not getting out as much. I know, you know, a lot of people aren't working out as much as they used to. The gyms were closed. What kind of advice are you giving or, or tips are you giving for people to kind of help them through this time? Get up and move. Um, so, and this is the case, even if you're at the office, I think, I think our biggest, one of our biggest problems is we, we're, we think that we're going to sit down for eight hours a day, and then we think that by doing a 30-minute or even an hour workout, we're going to mitigate eight hours of sitting down and being sedentary. So I think if we hone and we focus on the non-exercise time, on being active on the non-exercise time, then our, a lot of our aches and pains will go away. And so that means that if, when you're working, you don't get up every 30 minutes or every 20 minutes, or every 40 minutes, it depends on how bad you are. Um, 
but you know, get up, walk around the neighborhood, come back. Can you take a phone call on the road? Can you like walking, right? So like here at Edwards, we have a big campus and there's a track and they encourage employees, hey, take your phone call, walk around the track, right? So same concept. So when we when we see this a lot right now with kids because of virtual learning, they've never been kind of sedentary or even in school, they were pretty active. Are, are you seeing parents asking questions? Or are you seeing students or even student athletes kind of more frequently now? I think it's really important how you set up your house and how you set up your, your, your basically your, your kids set up for, for homeschooling. Um, and you're right, kids are not meant to sit, or especially kids, right? They're wiggling, they're moving around. And, and I actually looked at my kids' elementary school here in California, and uh, it was interesting because the first day of school, we went when my kid went to first grade for the first time. And we go in, and, you know, I, I went to school, and it was, like, you know, perfectly desked, our perfect setup, you know, you can't move from the desk kind of a thing. And when I went into my kids' first grade classroom, there's beanbags on the floor, there's like uh, physio balls on the floor, there's like the tables are set up like in groups, so you're working in two, three, four groups. So I would almost encourage that at home. So don't make your kid, you know, yes, there's gonna be computer work, right? So he's gonna need to have a decent setup at home with a nice desk and a nice chair. So his computer work, but if he's gonna read or if he's gonna do something, have a little sitting area where he can lay on the floor and sit down. And uh, we set up a, a room like a desk that's facing him, uh, like facing the outside, so my kids kind of like at least look at some green stuff outside <laughs> on our backyard fence. Uh, so I would have different setups at home for parents, and don't make your kids like just be on that desk for hours on end, and then. I would like so my kids get up, we eat a good breakfast, and then they go out outside and run a couple laps, and then they come back in, then they do some work for an hour or so, and then they get out and they play outside again for come back in. So just break it up as much as you <laughs> for for those people who who heard you but maybe aren't doing exactly what you said, but they are experiencing neck and, and wrist pain or back pain. Are there are there tips you can give them outside of just getting up and moving? Or is it like I should have a chair aligned a certain way? What are what are kind of some guidelines you'd give people? Yeah, so I think the most important part is that your screen is set up at eye level as much as possible. So if you need to prop your computer up a little bit or your monitor up with like stacking books or something. <laughs> um, and then it's also important, like the desk I'm in right now, it's actually not a desk, it's my chiropractic table, but so I have it where like my shoulders are a little high because I wanted the screen to be up. So I pop, so this would be, so ideally my shoulders are further down, right? So you know, I don't know if you can see the difference in my shoulder by going up and down. So, you know, I think 90 degree angle of the elbow so your wrist can be in, in, in a straight line and you're not up or down too much. Um, for kids, it's hard, right? Because most chairs are made for adults. So I think it's one thing we do with our kids if we have a stool so that their legs can prop into something, right? So their feet are not dangling around. Um, so that's important, I think. Uh, you can switch around. You can use one of those Swiss balls so the kids can move around and kind of wiggle in their own way while they're um, going through their Zoom meetings in school. But you can do that as an adult, too, as well. And it's, you know, when you move around, it engages your core a little bit more. Um, 
But again, the common denominator, what are you doing when you do that? Is you're moving, right? So if you have to be in a still chair, then every 20, 30 minutes, get up and move around. Um, I would say that's the most important aspect. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. With this kind of new world order where, where people are working from home and they're not getting out as much and they're thinking, I have back pain, how do I know that I'm a good candidate for chiropractic care? When when should I see a chiropractor? Uh, so you can see chiropractic preventatively, but most people come to the chiropractor, again, once they're in pain, it's usually their first experience. But chiropractic in the prevention world works really well. Um, but unfortunately, right, you get the neck pain or you get the migraines or the headaches or the low back pain and you try resting it or you take Advil or you lay down or you try foam rolling, you do all that stuff that you think you can do and you're stretching. People also are scared of going in to see an in-person because of the whole COVID thing. So I do encourage people to, you know, get up, move, walk, try a foam roll, stretch, try all those things. And if things aren't getting better, then come in and see the chiropractor. And hopefully a chiropractor is doing a good enough exam that we can determine the cause of the pain and then to see if there's a treatment plan that's appropriate for you because chiropractic is not right for everybody. Um, or I should say not all types of chiropractors are right for everybody. There's different techniques to be used in different people, right? So if you're super early and you're osteoporotic, obviously I can do a regular adjustment that I do maybe on a 30-year-old athlete or something like that so there's different techniques some chiropractors are going to be um very manual therapy very muscle work oriented some are going to be more of like you're adjusting and that's it some are going to be more exercise based um so there's there's definitely different ways of doing chiropractic so i think it depends on who you go what kind of exam you do the plan of care will determine if it's right for you or not we'll talk with the docs going to take a quick break and we will be right back
talk with the doc let's get back to our conversation a lot of times chiropractic's done kind of in conjunction with other medical care with physical therapy or other kinds of, of clinical practice is that accurate uh it's getting better okay so i think uh, i mean the fact that providence has an acupuncturist and has a naturopathic doctor and has a physical therapist and chiropractic on board so we do know the integration, the integrative model is growing even amongst big uh, hospital organizations like Providence. So it is getting better, it is improving, it is being more widely accepted by your medical community. Um, and I think it is the right way of doing chiropractic, just like it's the right way of taking care of somebody, right? We can't just look at the heart or look at the GI tract, like everything plays with everything, right? Your thyroid affects your your adrenal gland, your adrenal gland affects your GI tract, like everything, right? So it's really, it's really nice when different healthcare professionals can get to, get together and formulate a plan that involves different specialties, and, and and it's beautiful how it works together. So yeah, a big proponent of it, and yes, it can be done. I think one of the questions we get most from people is, do I go to a chiropractor one time or is this an ongoing kind of a thing? And then I would assume it varies by case, but kind of traditionally, what do you see? So, yeah, and there's actually some, we get a little bit of bad reputation, I would say, because people say, oh, once you go to the chiropractor, you got to keep going kind of thing. And I think, and my, my philosophy is that, to give patients independence. I think the ultimate goal is that you're not depending on the chiropractor, the massage therapist, or the cardiologist, or whoever to keep you healthy. I think our bodies are amazing at healing themselves if you give them the right tools. So um, some people, you work on them one time and they're like, oh my God, my pain's gone. And some people you need two, three, four, one week, two weeks, uh, worth of uh, treatment, you know, it's like a physical therapist working with the post-op surgery, you know, post-op, they're going to take, you know, two, three, you know, you're doing ACL rehab, that's going to take six months, nine months of work, right? So it just depends on the injury, depends on the sport. Um, there's two spectrums. There's the, I'm really sedentary, and then I'm super athletic, and then there's somewhere in between. So I think the super sedentary and the super, I'm beating myself up with exercises, they need more care, right? Because remember, exercise, exercise is a stress to the body, right? So if it's done incorrectly, or if it's done too much, 
yes, that's a thing, um, then you're going to need more work in terms of mobility and, and joint work and keeping you healthy physically, right? And then on the other spectrum is if I'm super sedentary, well, I'm going to be tight and lack mobility. I'm just not going to be healthy. Generally, you're probably going to might be overweight. So all these things are going to weigh in and how much am I going to have to see the chiropractor or whoever your healthcare professional is because you're not going to respond as quickly, right? But if I have this like perf, if I'm in the middle and I have this perfect diet and I exercise but don't kill myself, but and I'm in a healthy weight, so then you know, like personally, me, I'm a chiropractor and people yell at me for this one, my colleagues, but I get adjusted maybe twice a year, and my colleagues go, "Why you don't get adjusted every year?" I'm like, no, I take care of myself, I do things, but that's my belief, and I don't think, and I don't think getting adjusted monthly or something like that is bad for you. It's just, I think. Again, independence should be the goal, and I don't want to have to be going to the massage or the acupuncture or this and that to feel good. I think hopefully we're giving the patients the tools needed to to take care of themselves. I think I think our bodies know. I've done chiropractic kind of on and off most of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, one from a car injury, sports injury, um, but I sometimes go once a quarter and sometimes I go mm -hmm. a year and I don't need to go and sometimes I go yeah. every month. It really depends on what I'm doing. So I do think that it does, your body does know. And, you know, I feel like I have a good chiropractor who tells me come when you need me, right? Don't schedule yeah. a monthly appointment if you don't need a monthly appointment. So I think that does, that does make an impact. But one of the things you mentioned earlier, I wanted to kind of hone in on is I think people think of chiropractic for like back care or neck care, maybe even hip care, but you mentioned headaches. Like talk to me a little bit about headache and migraine and how chiropractic can help in that space. So a lot of headaches, especially nowadays, uh, have a big tension component to it. Um, so, you know, you get the upper trap and the, and the tightness around the neck and in the base of the skull. And that can not only affect how your joints move up there, right? But, you know, even blood flow up to, the, to your brain, basically. So when you work on somebody's upper trap and neck area and suboccipital area there, right at the base of the skull, and you're doing some muscle release and you do some adjustments to release the joints and you allow the areas to move better, then when that tension, really, there's tension relief, a lot of, a lot of time the, the headaches go away. Um, I would say if you're a migraine patient, um, you know, there's a lot of things involved with the migraine or could be involved with the migraine, right? There could be foot triggers, there could be, you know, it could be a lot of stress, there could, who knows? Um, so there's a lot of things that we need to rule out. So migraine specifically, um, it's not like you're gonna go to the chiropractor and get better right away. Also, I wouldn't, if you are in an active migraine, I would not get adjusted in the middle of an active migraine, but in between episodes or something like that, um, it's a it's a great time to go, and you will usually you will see. I shouldn't I shouldn't make uh, absolutes, but you usually will see you know migraines going from weekly migraines to every two weeks, or they either the frequency decreases first, or the intensity of them uh, decreases, and usually eventually they 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 go away. Hopefully, and a lot of the times with migraine, you are dealing with another healthcare professional, right? So they're going to have their neurologist or they're working with uh, diet or whatever it is. So you're usually somebody else. 
I always, I'm so glad we're talking about this because I always treat my chiropractor like I would my primary care physician. And I tell him kind of everything because there have been times in my life where I will say something like he asked me one time, how are things going? I was like, everything's good except for I have vertigo and I just can't get rid of the vertigo. And he was like, tell me more about it. And he did a treatment in an area in my neck and my vertigo went away that I'd been suffering from for three like <laughs> solid months. And so yeah. I think it's interesting to note too that you chiropractic can impact a lot of different things. So tell me about some other maybe ailments that people wouldn't think about for, for chiropractic as an option. So I would say a lot of, so let me, let me see where, how I put this, but so chiropractors are known for the spine, right? For like the back and the neck and dealing with the spine and the mobility in, within that spine, right? So you can get restricted mobility in different joint segments throughout the spine or any joint for that matter. But when we're speaking about the spine, you have all these nerves that come out of the spine, right? And these nerves innervate your whole body, right? So I don't personally deal with people coming in for like a GI symptom or something like that or heart palpitations or whatever it is. But you do hear a lot of anecdotal evidence saying, hey, by the way, doc, like after your second treatment or so, like my, I don't have an upset stomach anymore, or my bloating is better, or so you do hear a lot of that. And it's, you know, the evidence behind it is because you get all these nerves that are coming out of the spine and your spine now moving better. So there's probably less inflammation around the nerve, the nerve roots. So you can get some of that. I should say though, um, that there is chiropractic specialties out there and there are chiropractors that work specifically with like internal medicine kind of type issues or, or uh, there's chiropractors that uh, do more only rehab or there's chiropractors that do more like neurology, headache, concussion type of stuff. So, um, so yeah, so there's different chiropractors for kind of different ailments, but in, in terms of me, that's how I see it. It's more anecdotal people telling me, you know, I got relief from this and that kind of unexpectedly. You know, we, we talked a little bit about kind of, you know, chiropractic may be right for pretty much everybody, but are there certain people that shouldn't do chiropractic or certain ages, maybe too young or too old? Um, I think, again, it depends on the chiropractor that you find. There's chiropractic pediatrics, and I know people that adjust, adjust, you know, I should use that word carefully because not everybody in adjustment is this high-velocity thrust that you do on everybody, but there's people that adjust their babies almost like when they're one, two days, three days old. You know, there's a lot of evidence or anecdotal evidence, I should say, with kids and, and uh, uh, colic getting better after chiropractic adjustments. Um, and then on the other side with geriatric population, I have 70 something year old patients, you know, I adjust my mom, I adjust my dad and, and there's different ways of doing it. You just got to be careful. There's tools, there's instrument assisted stuff that you can do as well. So it's not always have to be like a high velocity thing. And there's a lot of muscle and exercise based techniques that you can do to help them. Nice. I think we should maybe go way back to the beginning where I should have asked this question earlier, but most people want to know, what do I expect when I go to a chiropractor? Like what, what does that first visit look like? Um, so you go in <laughs> and there should be a full history and full exam done on you. And when you, because chiropractors kind of like you said, they should sort of treat you as a primary care. So they should take a look at 
a full system, right? Because you never know what you can help with and 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 you don't know what clues could give in to is it good for you to adjust you or not. Um, um, even even simple things as, you know, I'm, I'm a 26-year-old female, but I'm in contraceptives and I'm a smoker. That puts you at increased risk for strokes and things like that. So those are things that you need to be aware of. So hopefully a good thorough exam. And then after a thorough exam, I'm watching the patient do some movements. So it's not an orthopedic kind of exam on the table, but I want to watch the patient go through some movement. I want to watch her squat. I want to watch her walk. I want to kind of watch her biomechanics. And after that, you determine, you know, do you need to refer out for x-rays? Do I need to refer out to a neurologist or not? And if not, then you just formulate a treatment plan and you start away. That's awesome. Yeah, I should say, you know, some people experience a little bit of soreness after the first time you get adjusted. You know, 24 to 48 hours, it could be a little bit sore, but kind of, you know, your usual, you know, don't do anything crazy, drink a lot of water kind of advice helps. So I have a quick question because you just mentioned you want to see somebody walk, you want to see them move. I, you know, in this current pandemic, are you doing virtual visits? How does that work? So I'm personally not doing virtual visit because a virtual visit, obviously, it's going to entail, it's going to be more movement based and exercise based. So because I work with a physical therapist, he usually does all the Zoom meetings because then he's going to be more appropriate to watch you and give you more exercise advice. Versus me, I stick more to the manual stuff. Again, the beauty of working in a multidisciplinary type system. Gotcha. Well, I, I, I think people always want to know, do you have any examples or cases without giving away too much information where chiropractic really benefited somebody that maybe hadn't considered it before or you know nothing else was working? Uh, I would... I mean, we see it every day almost, but it's... Uh, I don't... Of the top of my head, I can't think of anything like too grandiose, but usually it's usually like the migraine headaches go away because they're usually debilitating or or like whatever it is, neck pain, shoulder pain, that it goes away. And again, we see a lot of people that have already done the whole physical therapy route or orthopedic route or neurologist route. So usually we get people at the end of there or as a last resort, I should say. So when they do get relief, which is a lot of time, then we, we see a lot of those miracle works, I should say, miracle results. Well, thank you, Dr. Zagara, for joining us today on Talk with the Doc and everyone for listening and sending in your questions. We look forward to future topics with more experts from Providence. Thank you, JC. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you to our expert for joining us today and to everyone for listening and sending in your questions. We look forward to future topics with more experts from Providence. Make sure to follow us on social media at Providence on Twitter and under Providence Health System on Instagram and Facebook. To learn more about our mission programs and services, visit Providence.org. Thanks for listening.